Hey everyone, Darren here, and on behalf of Phil and myself, Brandon, Laura, George, Jason, and everyone here at NGNG, we would like to give a huge thank you to you, our listeners, and the Battletech Mech Warrior community at large. If it weren't for you, we would never have met this milestone of 100 weekly episodes over a little more than two years. So again, thank you for all of your support, past, present, and future, and here's to another 100. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Broadcasting live via HPG from their intergalactic jump ship in the far reaches of the inner sphere. Buckle up and get ready to join Phil, Sean Lang, Darren Bombadil, Brandon Catrakel, Laura Beebe Wolf, and Jason the Centurion for the centennial episode of No Guts, No Galaxy, which will arrive in system right now. All hands, make ready and prepare for jump. You're listening. The Game Casting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host... Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. And welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 100. That's right. My name is Phil and I'm your host. Today is January 15th, 2014. Happy New Year again. And I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. Hello. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catrakel. Hello. Laura, a.k.a. BB Wolf. Hi there. Jason, a.k.a. The Centurion. Hello. And special guest, and he keeps coming back, we can't get rid of him, Tyler, a.k.a. Jaeger12. Hello. Of course we have him chained up, but that's, you know, beside the point. I mean, he's into it. I don't judge. Details, details. We don't judge, you know. Don't worry, Anyways. don't worry, Tyler, I got the key. Holy crap, guys. A hundred episodes. I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners just really quick, our viewers, our followers, just everyone that has listened to and or been a part of the community and a part of the MWO community, part of Battletech, part of Mech Commander, everything. You know what's crazy, though, uh, Phil, is that we still get messages. We just got one the other day from somebody who starts at the beginning and they're like, I only have 10 more left and I'm all cut up. Can you imagine people listening to all of us? A hundred times in a row. I, I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That would give me an aneurysm. I really think so. Well, no, it's it, you know, yes. Someone actually just posted on Facebook. They're like, "What do I do?" Mm-hmm. I'm caught up, and I said, "Go watch more porn <laughs> on on YouTube." And they're what like, "What do I do?" A great idea. And then I was like, "I know, right?" And then you could come watch the streams, and yeah, yeah. So uh, I just you know. Kicking that off, uh, it is the 100th episode for NGNG, and uh, I'm super proud of, I mean, 100 episodes, that that is definitely a uh, big number. And Happy 100, everybody. So what do we shoot for next? I mean, 100 is a pretty big milestone. Is it like 1,000 is the big one? I mean... 3049. I kind of think every 100 is a big deal. Okay, yeah, let's do 200. Let's yeah, shoot for 200. Realistic goal. Keep it simple. But uh, yeah, anyways, today our guest is Russ Bullock. Welcome back, Russ. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. So for those that may not know, Russ is the president of Piranha Games, and uh, we've had him on the show quite a bit, and um, we've had some some fun. We've had some entertaining moments. I think, actually, just looking back, Russ, one of the my funniest moments with you was, uh, so we were doing a Alt podcast. Alt <laughs> Yeah, Well, that was the stream. When he Alt that was my favorite. Game. That was pretty damn funny. Uh, but it was during the podcast, and uh, we're talking about stuff, and uh, Russ dropped the third-person bomb on the stream. It was not in our, like, in our notes or whatever. And, oh, wow. It, it, it caused uh, some waves, and it was it was actually quite funny. But um, Got us a lot so of bad. listens. I, I had to change my shoes, really. Well, <laughs> I'm here today to announce that I'm going to be selling You're on an Island t-shirts. <laughs> I'm having them made, 
anyone can order one for $100. <laughs> it comes in gold only. Gold color. <laughs> it says, you are on, on an island. Awesome. I thought you were going to show up with like white hats for everybody, but I'll take the shirt. Yeah. Shirt's better. Gold, right, man. So, speaking of which, you know, we've got a lot to talk to you about. And, of course, you know, this is a laid-back episode. We want everyone just to be relaxed. And speaking of which, we do know that you guys just announced earlier today that you had the public uh, playtest going on for UI 2.0 tomorrow. And for those that may not know, that's 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern and twelve uh, or 10 to 12 p.m. PST. Now, you know, the public test, uh, do you have any details as far as tomorrow? Uh, the differences, anything that uh, went in? as far as changes yeah well i think first off i was playing it today and um you know it really feels great now it's really starting to feel tight and polished um i think people are going to enjoy playing it i recommend everyone to come out and play it and essentially this is a i think i believe basically a hundred percent functioning public test version i'm not positive but i think you might even be able to launch into matches from it so don't quote me on that but basically it's a hundred percent functional but also keep in mind that when you're testing it, it doesn't contain absolutely everything that you'll see February 4th. Uh, there still are, I think, four particular improvements. Something that communicates heat scale a little bit, kind of a Smurfy style overall summary aspect. A little more cleanup of Mech Lab. And, and there's about four things that were taken from feedback from you know the players that... Uh, are being worked on right now that our my understanding is they're all going to make it for the february 4th so uh you won't see those in tomorrow's public test but i think there'll be one more public test prior to uh february 4th where you'll get to play those things as well so everything's on track you're definitely going to see ui 2.0 on february 4th uh, it's going to have a number of improvements that the players have requested and i guess the only other final message is that you know that's just version one right of uh, here we go is that confusing version one of UI 2.0 uh, will be February 4th, but then you know you should see frequent um, and constant iterations and updates from there on out. And I think that's an important note too, is just because it comes out, it doesn't mean it's the end all be all. There, there's gonna be changes, there's gonna be fixes, and you know, uh, there may be feedback that I'm assuming you guys would be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Let's implement that change, you know, just why not? Uh, so I'm super excited because, you know, I remember I, I missed the last test. I got the I was able to participate in the first one. And a lot of people were reporting on just the it was more of like the, um, I guess, ergonomics, you know, like being able to click on one thing, but then having to go to the other side of the screen. So functionality, uh, a lot of people had a lot of, uh, you know, feedback complaints about that. And, you know, we talked to you and Brian about that. So it's, it's good to know that's coming uh, as far as on. And that's February 4th, correct? That's right, February 4th uh, for uh, version 1. But I think, to me, it just it, that kind of takes the game to another level as far as just overall polish and feel. I mean, the original UI. Um, we've talked about the original reasons why certain things were done. doesn't really matter anymore. Um, new version's coming out, and I think it just uh, it just looks so so nice. I mean, just the ability to lighting so much better. You see the mech so much better when you're applying your camels or when you're turning your mech around and rotating the mech. It rotates nice and smooth with really great lighting and just, I don't know, I think it's just going to cause people to have more and more, you know, mech lab crack than they had before, uh, probably. It just because it's so much prettier. Hear that, Phil? It's just the lighting, man. But, uh, did you see, hold on, did you see Brian's 4K image of the the mech lab earlier on Twitter? No. Oh my God. Is it beautiful? It's it's, it's a lot of mechs. I think you could show, like, oh my gosh, he must have had, like, 80 mechs up on screen at one time <laughs> or something. Nice. But I do find it's pretty easy to find your modules, because that's my challenge right now, is I've got 40-some mechs, and I lose where I put my advanced zoom or, you know, seismic. I forget which mech I played last, and I go hunting through 40 mechs to find it. Is it, is it easier to find that kind of stuff? Well, that no, that you bring up a really good point of something that probably isn't there for version 1. I mean, at first... That's easier just in general to go to modules and have the little sorting tabs to. So I think it does sort out a lot easier how you can buy and you know place your modules. But um, yeah, the first version won't have some of the things that we would expect as far as that makes life so much easier. Uh, one example also is, you know, where's my coconut monkey bobblehead? Right, I have no idea where it is, and I have like a hundred mechs in my you know my uh, clients so. I'm like sifting through my max trying to find my coconut monkey bobblehead. Well, 
it's an issue. It's still you're still gonna have that issue day one on February fourth. But I've been talking to Paul about those things. Just like okay, auto fill of consumables, right? That's something you won't have quite there on February fourth yet. Um, so a few of those types of things will come on after the fact, uh, but they won't take too long. I mean, I'm not gonna commit to dates, but I would expect on a monthly basis you're gonna see. Um, features like that rolling out until we've basically taken care of all of them and there's probably not too many we can all think of if we put our heads together there's probably a half a dozen things like that in that category we're like well geez you know where's my coconut monkey bobblehead where how do i know which mechs have what on it and that also applies to modules right like where's your six million c build module you got to have it you don't want to buy another one you don't want to go looking for it so there's a few of those things that are going to come after the fact we definitely don't want to neglect our monkeys. Now, uh, Russ, you've mentioned, Brian's mentioned, uh, sorry, I have ducks, if you can't hear, and they want to be in the podcast, evidently. You guys mentioned before that, <laughs> seriously, they came right up to my window and just started doing this right now. You really want a duck bobblehead, though? Uh, so, uh, thank you. Let them finish. They respond. No, keep going. We'll keep Damn going. you, George. We can do this all night. You guys have mentioned that uh, UI 2.0 has basically been kind of a bottleneck for um, more features and so forth. That includes, obviously, UI 2.0 features. So when that comes out, that kind of opens the gates for more development, more features coming in. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. You know, I, I guess I won't say much more than that because I think yeah. that to death, everyone understands that. It's, it's been a bottleneck for a, whole, a, a bunch of reasons. Not only, the, you know, the actual people that work on UI are tied up on it, but... When you think of a feature like, okay, we want um, uh, just weight restrictions for matchmaking. Well, you know, the, it's always like, well, geez, do we take the guys off of UI 2.0 to create the UI functionality we need, build it into 1.5 to put weight restrictions in, further delaying UI 2.0, or do we keep them on? So it's like, let's get UI 2.0 done, and then we'll put the weight restrictions aspect into UI 2.0. So that's just one example, but there's hundreds of examples that we're just waiting on. Uh, UI 2.0. Yeah, I wasn't uh, trying to, uh, you know, beat a dead horse or anything like that. But for me, it's exciting because it basically means this is the beginning of new things happening with the game on a regular basis. I also look at it just from the functionality and the uh, point of, I remember talking to uh, Brian Windover and a few of the others about it, of it just, it's the back end stuff. You know, a lot of people are focused on the aesthetics, obviously, and the, the, the new and improved functionality of it all. And being able to go full screen, oh, thank God, finally, you know, stuff like that. But what they were basically saying, is it's the functionality, you know, like, don't, just because of where something is placed, don't, like, think, well, it can't be changed. What what I basically got out of it was, it can be changed relatively easily because of the back-end changes, whereas currently, they just couldn't do that, so. Right, I guess in a really simple way, you can think of the old one as much more of a hard-coded versus well, just done properly, right? So one example of what you said there would be just something like we have sales every weekend, right? Well, we only had sales every weekend and it was always Friday to Tuesday. It was fairly rigid because we were forced to bring down the servers at least very briefly to make those things happen. Well, with February 4th, the necessary backend changes that are fairly significant that don't really, you're not, it's not easy to see. It's not like it's up on the screen, but now all that stuff is dynamic. So for instance, we could put just a particular mech or a particular module or a particular whatever, any object in the game really, on sale um, dynamically. So Friday afternoon we say, hey, you know, we're going to give seven days of premium time at 50% off for the next four hours. And we don't even have to bring the servers down. We just It just happens, right, in the client and it's in real time and you can do it and and it just all that stuff happens without having to bring the servers down or anything so it's going to be i mean that's a huge example of a a massive undertaking that is in the back end but but will really you know help everything moving forward all right so looking forward we've got uh we just had the patch on um, this past week uh you know gridiron and uh changes to the AC10 and 20 and stuff like that um but for the 21st um what can people expect next week i mean there hasn't been a whole lot i think the only thing possibly confirmed is the uh, cockpit glass can you give us some details on uh, next week's patch so yeah it's definitely um you know that you got one more pretty light patch here before the february 4th one so uh we'll talk more about the february 4th patch here in a bit uh the 21st is really just um you got cockpit glass and you have 
what do you call it? The good old Battle Master. So obviously the Battle Master then becomes available for everyone to purchase. So that's cool. If you've been waiting on getting a Battle Master, you didn't buy Phoenix Package and you uh, you know want to get yourself a Battle Master, that could be interesting for you. Um, the Cockpit Glass, I'm excited about. I mean, keep in mind, everyone, that you know on the 21st, uh, it's just uh, it's just a visual effect. It's fairly you know mild in most situations. If you get in certain angles with the light, you becomes quite prevalent and you can see that it's there so it's you know it's just a, it's really minor visual effect that kind of gives a little more immersion but what i hope it represents is our ability to do more in the future um perhaps what i'd like to you know make happen and is you know maybe if you take a, a hit to the cockpit you know now we have something to affect right so if you've taken a hard hit to the head uh, we can crack the glass and, and do some things like that. So I don't know when those other effects might be able to take place, but starting on the 21st, you'll at least have that visual effect um, of the cockpit glass. And um, that actually reminded me, I guess, of one more thing. Uh, as everyone knows, if they read the forums, there is another series of the hitbox uh, tweaks and improvements happening as well for the 21st. And that's actually became a list of six different mechs, I believe, in I don't have it memorized. You can get all the details in the forums in the command chair section. Uh, Paul's latest post on the hitbox improvements. So I think those have been overall well-received. The hitbox improvements have been leveling the playing field, I think, um, a fair bit and kind of noticeable improvements. So yeah, those are that's really your January 21st patch. It's not heavy, uh, but that's because basically since the Christmas break, everyone's really just been working uh, towards the February 4th patch. I was going to say, anything that can bring a level of immersion, the better for me. I mean, like, for instance, when you guys did that 2009, uh, you know, uh, trailer to, you know, um, get the attention of uh, publishers and stuff out then, I mean, the immersion factor when your mech is literally disintegrating underneath you and, you know, the ejecting, ejecting, you know, but, you know, all those things, the, I mean, those are the type of things I know myself I would love to see an MWO, even though it has no gameplay functionality and stuff like that. Like just the sometimes just the little things, like combat chatter in the background, or like I love on River City the the, the battles that are happening in the background. Little tiny things that, uh, in my opinion, add a lot. Definitely. Well, I've always been kind of a proponent here internally of one of the downsides of running your mech really hot would be that possibly there'd be. A, you know, a minor amount at least of sort of steam in the cockpit, which might even get to the point where it slightly obscures uh, your vision. But I just never really got any traction. I think that maybe people thought that would be too, I don't know, too obtrusive or not fun. You know, it might sound cool sort of thing, but one of those things that sounds really neat, but it doesn't, turns out to be not very fun. And they might have been right, so I didn't push that hard on it. But I'd throw that out there, see if people want to comment or say no i want that that would be sick well you know as far as that's concerned i can tell you yes uh you know the whole heat and i mean it really how do you how do you bring that experience to a computer game to where you are in a mech that's creating you know just tremendous tremendous amounts of heat to where in the novels and lore you can roast yourself you can pass out you can almost kill yourself like how do you bring that and i think uh you know obviously there are some visual effects that you guys could definitely do um and especially riding that line of you know really really hot and uh pushing the limits of your mech i think you could do it it always seemed to me that in the in the books and so forth when it got really hot it wasn't a matter of steam so much but more like sweat getting in your eyes or something like that yeah, I like the uh, the crack glass. That's what I'm kind of hoping for because it, it works really, really well in some other games. Um, kind of take us off track here for a minute, but like the Metro series, I'm playing that, and there's like a gas mask that I put on, and that thing can get cracked and battle damaged, and you can't see what's going on, and it, it just really adds a lot of tension. So you put me in a Mech Warrior situation like that, and I take a headshot, and it cracks my windshield, and I've kind of got to adapt and overcome to that, I, I'd be all for it. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. I think, um, you know, if, if others out there feel the same way, uh, you know, just make your thoughts known on the forums. You know, try to spread the word on the forums, start a poll, whatever. Um, it helps, you know, internally, I think, to, for me to say, let's do Crack Glass if, if it sounds like someone likes it more, not just me. So I'll throw that out to everybody and say, hey, you know, let, a, let the guys know that you want it. Um, I guess what I'm saying here is don't, 
just because I like it doesn't mean it's going to get in the game, right? So we need we need some more people saying that would be cool. And uh, along the same lines, I might throw another homework assignment out there. Um, I think the the uh, Jenner Hero Mech Oxide is pretty cool. I've played with it. I've had fun with it, but it probably didn't turn out as good as as I'd like it to have. A lot of us might have wanted it to. And I'm going to tell everyone, all your listeners, a bit of a story there. So originally, Oxide was actually a six missile hardpoint mech. It had, I guess, what was that? Two center torso, two in each arm, I guess. So you had a total of six. And through testing, it was determined it was just too powerful. It was, I still don't think it had jump jets or anything, but six streak Jenner just seemed, the opinion was, I never played it myself. I never necessarily determined that, but it was determined that it was just OP. So some conversations happened or whatever. And what the end result was, it got two missile hard points nuked and it ended up with four. We might have gone too far. So I, I would like to... I've been talking to David, a guy internally that kind of does that stuff for the Hero Max and trying to decide, you know, what could we do to kind of maybe bu- bump it up a bit, get it up to where maybe it should be. And maybe out there people are saying, no, it's, it's already too powerful, but I don't think so. But I'm just like, I want to throw that out there. One thought might be give it to ballistic hard points. So there's no Jenners with ballistics, so that'd be kind of cool. So you could have two machine guns and then the four streaks or something. That's pretty neat. Um, maybe just giving it jump jets and that's it. And the way it is, four missile hard points and jump jets is the key. I don't know. I'll take some opinions from you guys right here in the group. Um, but I might throw that out there and say uh, maybe someone would start a poll and sort of um, throw something out there. Because obviously we want it to be balanced and not be overpowered. But uh, I'd prefer it be um, thought of as, uh, I don't know, good. Yeah, I think jump jets are probably overwhelmingly the the biggest detractor from it, from people, uh, you know, picking it more often. Uh, it, not to say that two um, ballistic hard points wouldn't be awesome, but you definitely don't want to cross the line the other way and go too OP. But I, I definitely have heard tons of people saying jump jets. Yeah, the yeah. oxide right now is by no means overpowered, and adding jump jets to it could make it a viable mech. Yeah, I don't. Just... I don't solo with it. I use it as a wingman. Like I'll partner up with like a Raven 3L or a Cicada that's got two ER large and just cover them. So it's it's been fine for a wingman mech, but for us like just a solo play, I, I think it could probably use some some love. Definitely, even just limiting the jump jets instead of allowing it to have five or whatever, bump it only to like two or three or something like that. Maybe even drop one of the missiles in the center torso and add two, uh, one on each arm again, so you have five missiles and two jump jets or something like that. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. I um, I ran it with like four LRM5s and was kind of having fun, but I kind of like that. I wonder if just a couple of jump sets would be enough, or you'd have to go with like two jump jets, and then as you say, either maybe like five missile hard points, or if you get into ballistic, a couple of machine guns. Um, it's kind of neat that it's an all-missile gener. I think that's kind of the, the spirit of what the Oxide is, I guess. So I guess maybe it's right to kind of stick with that and kind of go maybe recommend like five missile hard points with like two jump jets or something but I, hey if someone wants to take up the torch and start a pull and you know do it in the right spirit I, i'd love to have some ammunition to kind of make a tweak to it yeah i definitely think in regards to uh oxide as well as cockpit glass and the and the glass breaking we as the community need to step up and let our voices be heard and let them know that uh you know this way or that way on those issues russ is asking let's fulfill but yeah that sounds good sweet Unleash engine cap restrictions on medium mechs. Do it. <laughs> Back of the... the Boy, I don't know the, about that. Good personal request there. Yeah, I know, right? Remember that There's, during uh, closed beta? You, you, don't, you don't want 130 kph hunchbacks <laughs> in again? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we saw those once upon a time. I do like the fact that well. we, have, we have the ability to differentiate between mechs more. I mean, I personally kind of like it when you get a series of mechs like hunchback, for instance, and one particular variant can go faster than another variant. I, I don't know. I, I personally like that quite a bit so that it's not like every single hunchback can, you know, go the exact same speed if you wanted to. Because we already have, I think, a hard enough time differentiating the variants. Like right now, we're pretty much restricted to, um, but, we, but we've got the ability to say, you know, the hard points. So one might have, you know, two, three, and two as far as the various hard points. The other one's like one, four, and two or something like that. Um, but we also have the ability to play with the little quirks, and we also have the ability to play with the engines. Um, 
I wish there was a few more ways to play with it, so I'd be loath probably to limit the ways that we can differentiate them. Well, one of the mechs, uh, speaking of the Hunchback before we move on, obviously the Gridiron and the um, other mechs like the uh, 4G, 4SP, 4P, and 4H and 4J. The 4J now, you know, they reduced uh, missile box on the right torso. Love it. Uh, you know, it reduced um, the 4SP if you take off the missiles as well. Um, again, little things like that. Again, I, I, I love and, you know, it definitely makes each unique and different. But as far as the Oxide... Um, I think uh, I think it could use some love. I have played it one time, and I was like, no. <laughs> you rage quit so hard. I, I was like, this is not me. I'm not going to subject myself. And- I'm wondering who nerfed it, and I'm guessing it probably had something to do with Garth, because he's like, man, this thing's just taking my territory as a cicada. <laughs> it's like, nerf these Jenners. All right, so we got to I think it on. mostly came from uh, QA, but anyhow, go on. Proceed. Okay, we got to move on. Um, so we've talked about January 21st, and now we've got February 4th around the corner. Uh, we know UI 2.0 is going public. Uh, you just mentioned that not all of the, the, the little bit of details like, you know, modules and where's my coconut monkey and all that will be there. And there may need to be some tweaks in there. What other things are coming out? What other features or content or, you know, uh, that are going live on the 4th? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a good patch because besides that, which is going to be a draw in and of itself, shoot, let me see here. I'm pretty sure I'm going to drop a small, just a hint. This one I can't tell you everything about because I haven't got the clearance, mm-hmm. but I think, let me look at my calendar here quick. There's only... No, 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 Drum there's roll. Only, there should only be the two patches in February, right? So uh, you should have a new mech on February 4th. It'll be a hero mech and it'll be a new new mech. Meaning, it's, new chassis. Yeah, new chassis. It hasn't been announced yet. It's. Uh, is this the controversial light mech? I don't know if it's a controversial. What does that mean? What's a controversial? That means Bri- it's a panther. Brian no, means it means not the flea. Brian <laughs> no. was on a previous show and he said that one of the upcoming mechs is a light mech and that it'll be controversial. Well, I haven't heard it being called controversial before, so I don't know if I'm talking about the same thing he was. I can't say for sure. Is it a kitty? I. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a panther. Mm. It's not the panther. See, oh. You're going to make, you're eliminating them one by one, so don't do that. <laughs> so it's a scorpion then. I know okay, some people. A it's a fire starter. It's a bandersnatch. It's going to be, you know what it is? Urban mech. <laughs> See, well, has I think, 35 tons. It's okay, always so been. Anyhow, I was told that we had a new mech, the hero version first, in the first patch in February. So I think I'm right in saying this. So there will be a new mech. So, you know, just to be clear, it's not one of the Phoenix mechs or, you know, anything that's been announced. It's a new chassis. So I'll throw that out there. I'm pretty sure that's coming out February 4th. Hopefully I'm not hanging myself. But based on what I was told today, that should be true. And then besides that stuff I can talk about, of course, there is the, what are we calling it? It's the, it's the reworking of assault mode. Uh, it's described a few different ways. But uh, the revamping, or there's a few adjectives used. But basically... Um, you know, it's similar, except I guess we have skirmish now, as you know, which really is, is assault without bases, um, full team deathmatch. So to differentiate it a little bit more and also to make it a little different from Conquest, meaning assault used to use the same bases that Conquest has. Now, Conquest, it makes sense because they're resource collectors, right? Assault didn't make that much sense. So my understanding is there's a new base model. It's some kind of a, I think some kind of mobile headquarters style model. I haven't seen it. That's how I heard it described to me doesn't move around it's 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 still stationary but it has a different look to it first off i think uh, it's, it's a little bigger I, I believe because we also add the turret aspect to it so um i haven't played against these turrets yet i don't think you can expect them to be dominating or anything but they can hit you and they can end up killing you if you're absolutely down to crumbs so it's going to add a different element to base capturing so if you're looking to do a base cap there's going to be a bit of a new look and feel and also a bit of a different feel to how you'll go and, um, you know, accomplish capping that base. I haven't played it enough yet, play testing it, <clears throat> to speak to how easy and or hard it would be as a single 20-ton locust to go and cap a base. I'm not sure if I can speak to that at this time. So, you know, I'm going to play it around with it more. It's hitting, uh, I believe, stable, uh, like our, our test servers, uh, 
as soon as this uh, 21st patch goes out, so probably by Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll be in a spot where I can play it very easily. Um, so that's that. I think that's going to be pretty neat. So they've, they've revamped that for every map, so you're going to have a, uh, a new spin to Assault Mode. So I think the three game modes now will be you know, more different. They're more different from each other than they are currently. And uh, I guess one other thing, what we're calling, uh, I guess it's being referred to as Tier 1 Weapon Modules. I think there's a couple different terms at play there, but what this basically means is there is some more modules to earn out. Um, they're based on weapons, and my understanding is that we you'll have access to levels one and two on February 4th. The later levels aren't going to be available for a while because they're more. In order to access, say, level um, three you would need to have the character or the pilot level system in place that isn't going to be in place for a little while yet. So um, there'll be, I guess, this concept will expand further when we get the, the player level system. But right now, you're going to have access to levels one and two. And um, these are to do with the weapons. But just I'll give you a couple examples so people's imaginations don't run too wild. First off, it's not like the game balance or the game should be changed to some incredible degree because it's not like you can work on these things and maximize every single weapon on your mech you know, to some extreme degree. First off, the module will take up a module slot like anything else. So if you have three module slots, you might be able to affect three different types of weapons, which might cover up all your weapons. But the trade-off is, of course, you're not going to be able to put your other stuff in there, whether it's your you know, range sensor stuff or your you know, consumables, etc. So there'll be, you know, be big trade-off to put these on. And I've got a Excel sheet here in front of me that if I mention the specifics, someone will start crunching numbers and hang us if they change. So I'm loath <laughs> to do that. But for example, let's say you get one for a, a level one, you know, a range modifier for a small laser. In this case, it might um, increase the uh, minimum range or, or rather the maximum range by a few meters and it might create also all of them have a bit of a trade-off so if you get a few extra meters of range you might get just a, a small fraction more of heat buildup so you'll have there's ones for range there's ones for you know, other aspects so you might determine that for you what really means the most is uh you know getting a little more range out of your out of your weapons so you might choose to actually put one of your three module slots might be a range um, modifier for SRMs because that's important to you because um, that's the way you play or just for auto cannon tens because that's what you play, etc. So I think it'll be interesting. It's it's not a it's not turning the game into an MMO as someone said to me on Twitter or anything like that, but it's going to add just a little more depth to weapon selection and I guess in particular um, module selection. Now, with the with those modules, again, you were saying you have to choose those other over other modules. So, like for instance, seismic, or you know, uh, target decay, or UAVs, or you know, airstrikes and stuff. So, um, you could definitely see where, depending on how many there are and what their effects are, and obviously you said one to two levels, and then three uh, later, stuff like um, you know medium range increase or you know for your medium lasers or just a little bit more effective range or this or that i mean those are all to me little things that more choices are better in my opinion you know like i, I especially when you want to custom build something like a mech to fit a certain play style whether it's srms ballistics energy or both uh, those are one of those things i always more options better i don't think there's anything wrong with that well let me give you an example let's say you're a you know, four machine gun toting spider, what is it, the K, 5K, the spider machine gun? Mm -hmm. or, yeah, spider machine gun one. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a Vandenberg M7 machine gun barrel, range one. Or, I guess level two on here, I think if I'm reading this correctly, the Lexatech S2 machine gun barrel. Well, okay, so I'm not sure if I'm reading this right, but... I just had Matt send me some of this before the thing so I could talk a little more officially to it. I'm probably going a little far here since all this is probably still under test as far as exact numbers, but um, the long range might be increased by you know, 2.6 meters and then the maximum range by 5.2 meters. Well, you know, that's a fair but 
bit, I guess, or that's a, seems like a, a maybe a meaningful amount for a Spider 5K who's got their four four machine guns, and you know he's going to be able to do you know the uh, the maximum damage for you know several meters further out. So that's just one slight example. And other weapons, of course, that are more built for long range, like an AC2, might be you know more like 45 minutes, 45 meters rather for maximum range or 15 meters, etc. So they're kind of scaled per, and we've designed these, of course, that would test them as much as we can prior, but all these these values can be tweaked as the as they go live and we figure out, um, you know, just what's the right balance. But, um, yeah, it's just going to add more options, like you said. Well, we'll keep in mind that you're just giving some examples, not to hold you to those numbers, take it with a grain of salt, and also remember people that, because uh, I do see some responses in regards to um, the tweaking, that it's not, nothing's final, just like uh, the game he's, is never going to be final. Yeah, he's just giving an analogy, examples of what he's talking about. And then, um, now, I did have a question, DirectX 11, do you have any news on that for us? Yeah, I mean, it's done. Right, and you guys have heard that for a while. It really is, but we had this bug that was really stuck in our craw, where we thought, "Yeah, it's good enough to release," but there was a certain number of people that were complaining about GX11 running really slow, and we discovered that that was a uh, some Nvidia cards were having issues with slowdown. So it still wasn't necessarily going to prevent us from launching. We thought, well, for those individuals, they could still just leave it on DirectX 9, right? But for whatever reason. And again, kind of relating to, to UI 2.0 and the amount of tests that had to go into UI 2.0 to make sure that it was ready um, and the Christmas break thrown in there. We just got to a point where we said, you know, let's focus testing on UI 2.0 and get it out and let's get that bug fixed, the NVIDIA bug fixed. So when DX11 goes out, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's, you know, perfect as far as we know. Everything's fixed. So that's the case. That issue's already been fixed. So I would imagine the second UI 2.0 goes out, you're going to see a public test set up for DX11 straight away. So as you guys saw in the post right now, it's got a March 4th date set on it for DX11. I think there's still a chance we could possibly see it a little bit sooner, but March 4th is what we put in there. If we launch 2.0 on February 4th, and then perhaps later that week, we see a dx11 test and it goes perfectly i guess there's a chance you could see february 18th but um you know if it doesn't make february 18th then it would be march 4th so that's the story behind dx11 uh we wanted to fix that bug so there wasn't the percentage of our players um 10 20 i'm not sure how what the percentage was but there was some that were experiencing uh big slowdowns so we're getting that fixed before it goes out but so it's in the queue there, there should be no chance of a further delay at all it's like i couldn't uh, see any possibility of that happening. It definitely should be coming out no later than March 4th. Alright, so we got February 4th patch. We've got uh, a new mech, you said. We've got, obviously, UI 2.0. All turrets. the other little things going. Turrets, uh, differentiating uh, assault, uh, conquest, and skirmish. Um, one more, I, I guess, question towards uh, this that you might know, um, Russ, is you know, weight balancing, matchmaker, and ELO and stuff. Uh, do you have any feedback on that particular subject? We have a lot of people that, uh, you know, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, if you play quite a bit, you may run into a lot of, you know, issues as far as people taking all assaults or, you know, like a particular type of uh, drop deck. You know, do you have any uh, words or thoughts on that? You know, only to re reiterate that it's all coming with launch module. So, you know, I want that stuff as much as you guys do. Um, I've always been a little nervous about any group size from 2 to 12 um, and all along since the beginning, especially when we see other games like World of Tanks, for instance, limit the maximum group size to three in, in a pub, right? I mean, you cannot have a group bigger than three. Um, and that's because of the organization that happens over VoIP is pretty incredible, as you guys know. So you have a group of four, a really good group of four in pubs. Um, if there isn't something to match on the other side, like another group of four with VoIP, uh, it can be pretty overwhelming. So we know there's a lot of that happening right now. Um, there's definitely a comp certain games that you might get some games that are more well balanced, but half the time you'll probably get some that that aren't. You know, they'll have an extra. Well, they could have an extra. Who knows? Uh, 40, 50, 60 tons, depending. Right. Uh, right now it's light, light, medium, medium, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So someone's got a Locust, the other team's got a Jenner. They've got an Awesome, the other team's got an Atlas. So. 
the tons can add up pretty quick. Right there in that example, there's 35 tons. We've only done two of the 12 mechs, right? So it can get kind of out of control. But the matchmaker is a really difficult thing. You guys have played other games. Uh, the number one thing complained about in any of the games is matchmaker. No matter, you know, no matter how much they work on it, it seems like matchmaker gets to be uh, is always an issue. Well, I guess um, this is one of those things, one of those times where I guess the restrictions of BattleTech and MechWarrior, which usually play against us and have so far to this point, in this in this one aspect will start to work for us uh, when we do the launch module, which as you guys know is the first half of April, um, when we get the weight restrictions in. It will put the onus on you guys to follow the rules and you're setting up your groups, but at least we will have um, extremely balanced groups. Uh, there will be at least a slight range if you guys have seen some of the ranges but i think the maximum fluctuation of range between is just a few you know 10 20 30 tons perhaps across an entire um company so for the most part i think we're going to see you know 12 to b12 that's just within a few tons of each other so that's going to take out a ton of the difficult programming that it takes to try and make stuff like that happen most of that's now in the onus of the players. It's like, hey, follow these rules, and we'll naturally get groups that are very balanced. And uh, that's going to, so both the 2 through 12 groups and the weight restrictions per group and per lance and per company um, is all going to come with uh, launch modules first half of April. I have three questions regarding the 2 to 12 queue. First, in the 2 to 12 queue, are you concerned about things going back to the old pub stomp days? I know that solo players will be able to do it themselves, but what if 12 really high elo players that get together and coordinated? There's pretty much nothing in the game that could stop a group like that. Are you concerned about kill-death ratios going back over 30-plus and win-loss ratios over 10? Well, I'm concerned about everything, but I suppose... I mean, first off, at least now, we know that the tonnages per side will be equal. But secondly, uh, you shouldn't have a situation where a group of 12 or a group of 10 or 8 or some large group or even a group of 2 with really high ELOs should be in a match still with noobs or pubs because it's not like the ELO system is going away, right? Uh, the Part of the matchmaker we have now stays and part is done away with. So we keep the part that still keeps track of ELO and tries to match players' ELO scores together. The part that we lose is the part where the matchmaker currently tries to match a light to a light, a medium to medium, etc. That part is replaced with the actual tonnage restrictions set in the establishments of our matchmaker and, and in our group creation. So um, what you should still get is the same amount of tons or very near the same amount of tons per side and you still should still be matched up as close as possible from an elo standpoint so which leads me to the next question right now uh players playing solo to up to the fours in queue uh high elo players can have go a long long time failing to find match over and over and over without being able to play uh, because there's no available games within their ELO range to play. Uh, with the making a group up to 12 people, does that just... What if everyone is like a 2,500-plus ELO, and there's no way that the other team can possibly be that high? Will that team just consecutively fail forever? Well, you got the wrong guy here to ask all your questions to. We need to have some different engineers here to answer how they're planning on solving those questions, or even Paul and the lead designer. So um, I understand right now the wait time for ELO players has gotten pretty long. That's happened for a couple reasons. I and mean, one is we, we recently added the skirmish game mode, which creates another bucket. Um, that's something we've been talking a bit about. It's, it's not like the player counts are... You know, super low. They're actually, you know, as high really as they've as they've ever been. It's just uh, adding another bucket, and then on top of that, at certain times a day, it seems like especially the higher elo players are playing, and um, or rather, you know, they're they're having a harder time. Rather, maybe there's less elo players, sorry, sorry, high elo players playing, so they're having a harder time finding matches. 
I think uh, there's some other solutions with the new matchmaking when it comes to weight restrictions in order, in order to handle that. And I've also thrown out one idea to the group that should be that um, perhaps the bucket selection, and this is just a suggestion that hasn't been accepted by anyone, but perhaps the bucket selection should be looked at more as a suggestion. And I guess I'd be wondering how players would feel about that. Meaning, you know, do you, if you say, hey, I want to play Conquest, do you, would you rather the matchmaker at two minutes or whatever say, hey, you know, I know you want to play Conquest, but I can get you matched right now on Assault. So let's rather just kind of assume your selection of a bucket is the strong suggestion of what you'd, rather, you'd want to play rather than, I don't want to play anything but this. I'd rather have my match fail. So there's a few things to talk about, but I can't answer your questions on the matchmaker on a depth, you know, the depth that you're asking, you know, right now. I'd have to get someone else to help me. So, out Russ, what you were well, you, what you're just right. talking about is sort of like a leniency to your uh, matchmaker. Like you could say, eh, be a little bit more lower lenient. It's okay if I go up against a little bit higher Elo players. No, okay. he was talking about extending it to other game modes rather than maybe the one that you just selected. Well, I've been playing on any now for the past. A uh, few months, and even on any queue where it will give me any match you can possibly find, I can still, during prime time, fail four or five times consecutively. That's 15 minutes waiting to play the game, queuing over and over. Tyler, what we're going to do, this is totally on our radar. Phil and I have talked about this a lot over the last month. Um, we're going to get somebody on here that can't ask, uh, since Russ, you know, that's not his area of expertise. Okay. Um, but we're we're aware of it. We totally know that they're aware of it. We've talked to Garth. We've talked to Paul. We've talked to Matt. We've talked to a lot of people up there. It is being addressed. It is being looked at. But we'll get details. We'll have somebody else on the show for uh, for those. I'm just going to jump in again. One final comment on that is that, you know, we might have to look at doing kind of a reset of ELO, at least to kind of reestablish things. Because what we've had happen is some of our hardcore players that have grouped together and have played in, you know, in pubs together as a group, they win. And they win a lot. In fact, they win a heck of a lot. And therefore, your ELO scores, you know, go through the roof. And right now, the matchmaker, all we have to do also is loosen the restrictions. Right now, this thing, it kind of ebbs and flows with the players that are playing the game in Mecha Online. There came up, there was a time where the current code right now worked pretty well for you guys. And now is a time where it's not working so well. So uh, it's not, it, 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 right now, the matchmaker you know, hits a limit of three minutes or whatever. And, and if it hasn't met that criteria, it just stops. Whereas before we used to have it, well, as soon as it got to three minutes, it said, okay, put anything together. Meaning even if you have to go up against guys that are a thousand less ELO score than you, it would put that match together. Currently the matchmaker doesn't do that. So we could always either a set it back to being more and more lenient so that if you get close to three minutes, you'll never fail. It'll essentially put a match together for you, even if the players on the other side aren't are, are, are much lower than we currently have it set to. I think right now it might only be set to three or four hundred elo separation. I, don't quote me on those numbers, but we can always expand that. We can say okay, five, six, and every minute that goes by, it adds a couple hundred more elo, so that you will definitely get a match. So right now the restriction has kind of got to a point where it's it's timing out too much. So, but we're also looking forward to when the new matchmaker system starts that maybe at that point, you know, maybe we could, uh, maybe we could reset ELO scores and kind of allow the new matchmaking system to kind of reestablish where things are at. But none of these are, are solid, so don't quote me on those. But I, I think um, if, if you're timing out for 15 minutes at a time, that is uh, really unacceptable. And I think with that information tomorrow, I'm going to, I'm going to have to talk to Matt Craig and, and ask that the guys really consider um, loosening up the, uh, you know, the time, the restrictions here as soon as possible, uh, even for the next patch, if still possible, so that that, that isn't happening. Just well, to let you know, Russ, we can vouch for that. Phil and I, we've watched yes. them uh, time out <laughs> over and over and over again. Well, I will say this, um, Jaeger, pipe in here, Russ. You, I think you just said something very important as far as resetting the elo based on. The current ELO is based on the current mechanics of how Matchmaker and how the game is, right? And, you know, Jaeger, we were talking about this uh, last night about how, you know, you guys have to take a certain type of, you know, mech and and loadout and, you know, to fight these other groups. And, you know, some of these loadouts become very, uh, you know, I would say strong, you know. And then 
with a weight balancing with the um, the launch module, what they're talking about, I feel like a reset for ELO wouldn't be a bad thing. And someone said, oh, well, you're going to punish uh, good players. That has nothing to do with punishing new players. It's resetting the ELO score and letting the new system, you know, you're going to get your ELO score back up there. It's just going to be based on the new mechanics of the... the and until maker. you do, you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's one of those that would things be fun. I, I don't think that's a problem, and it's not punishing at all. Um, and I think it's a total valid concern. And, and I think, you know, Russ just said it right. I mean, it's not, you know... I, I was telling you guys this, you know, we joke around, but you know, well, you shouldn't be so damn good at this game, you know, that's that's your problem, right? Right? But I mean, when you're dropping with four Highlanders, and we were talking about this last night, and that's what you have to drop in to be competitive. Now you throw in uh, this new launch uh, module and that weight matching, you may not have those far. So now people are going to have to step outside their comfort zones, find new setups that work. Not saying that your Elo is going to change on that, but I do know for a fact that there were people that ELOs were bloated because of the beginning of open beta till now run in groups in four mans of all of the, you know, the top, you know, meta. And I mean, that's not, I'm not saying they're bad players. I'm not saying they don't deserve that ELO. What I'm saying is there, I think there will be changes and I think it is. Well, and like Oddwalla mentioned, there's competitive games out there that reset their ELOs every season. You know, it's not a, it's not like a horrible thing to do that. You know, I'm going to, uh, as soon as I get off this podcast, I'm going to I'll send an email out to a couple of the guys here. They've been talking. There's been several emails trading places all week long about matchmaking, so it's on their minds, as they said. But I'm going to pipe up and say, you know, I didn't know people were timing out five times in a row for 15 minutes. That's I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. That's unacceptable. I think we, we can't expect those players to wait until April, obviously. So uh, we're going to have to loosen the restrictions to a point so it's, you know... <laughs> Timing out once here and there is okay, right? But it shouldn't be like that. So let's loosen that up. Let's fix it. Let's make sure they're finding matches, and then uh, you know we'll we'll work to, that'll you know tie this over till we get to April. But I'd like to take the third part of his question, and then I unfortunately I got a bolt on you guys. Got to get back home and dig a bolt. You know, take care of the kids and the whole bit. Part three of the question is very important to your competitive players. Is that once you implement the two to twelve Q. Will private matchmaking be in the game at that time? Because if it's not, right now it's already kind of difficult to sync drop with another team in the 12s queue. But in the two in a 2 to 12s queue where there is no just 12 queue, uh, how are we going to be expected to find matches with other people? Is it just going to bring the competitive drops to a grinding halt? You're talking about community leagues. That's what he's referring to, being able yes. to do community leagues. My understanding is um, that, yes, private matches is part of launch module in the first half of April. That's where I would get a little hazy, and I can't answer it very well on exactly how private matches work. That's more Brian Ekman, etc. Um, whether can you do a private match with any less than 12v12? I think I've heard something about that, but I better not comment on that. But I think the important thing, is the thing you're really focusing on, is our private match is going to be available with launch module in the first half of April? And the answer is yes. Excellent. Thank you, Russ. Awesome. Right. Now, Russ, I know we've kept you over your time. Sorry to interrupt you there, Phil. Um, and we totally appreciate you taking the time out. I know you could have gone home an hour ago. Um, but I'm just real quickly, I just want to know if you had any comment on, well, the first vlog just went up recently, the first vlog video. Basically, what the purpose is with those and, and what we can expect to see moving forward. Um, well, I mean... Yeah, I, I'm, I think people liked it. Uh, that's really great. The sound will be improved. We had some issues with the sound. Um, so that'll be better. And I think we're also, I think, obviously looking forward to Cradium so they have uh, more interaction. So I'm not sure how long that'll take to get that up. But I guess first step is improve sound. And we'll try to do these very frequently. I think the goal is to hit them monthly. Right, guys? Correct me if I'm wrong. At the NGNG guys. That is correct. And I think the next step would be now, it'd be nice to get to a point where we were interacting in real time with, you know, with the players and answering questions the best we can and stuff like that. So that's, I guess that's a little different, the vlog, and then maybe it's a separate idea that we're thinking of for, uh, you know, interacting with the community in kind of a town hall sense almost in a way uh, in real time. So, but as far as the vlogs, um, I think just expect them frequently and, and just better. And I imagine people's feedback would be the longer, the better. 
Uh, some people were trying to cut that one down in length, you know, on the various marketing teams. I said, are you kidding me? I mean, these things could be four hours long. It's not too long for, you know, our players. So Now, I these are not don't cut it. replacing the walls of text or the forum posts, right? This is just additional content, essentially, or, or communication with you guys. Yeah, I certainly have not heard of it replacing anything. The way I look at it, it's just another bit of... Uh, communication. I mean, you know, that's one thing I've always said is, you know, being able to, you know, humanize uh, developers. I mean, you see it with, in the industry, uh, you know, like, oh, the developers don't care. And then realize, well, these, these guys are people and, and, you know, they do care and, and they're willing to take the time to record, uh, you know, on their off time and stuff like that. But I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, next month, you guys are going to get some tidbits. And uh, so before we get out of here, Russ, I just have one question for you in particular. How does that uh, how does that summoner look to you? Um, I think it looks great. I just can't decide. I think I'm a huge summoner guy. I love my summoner, but I've kind of become sort of a, I don't know, like a clan hater almost. I I just I feel like I can't become one. I must stick and like help and defend and protect and and I don't know. I'm just changing my whole salvage rest. Yeah, salvage. It's going to be tough for me to go and. And play that. I feel like I see. I'm always the kind of guy that people say, "Oh my hell, the you know the the um, what's a good example of the quick draw sucks." So what do I do? Well, a better example maybe in the very beginning, dragon sucks. So what I all I played was dragons, right? Quick draw sucks. All I play is quick draws. I don't know. I'm just one of those guys. It's like I, the the mech and the build that people play sucks. I just want to show that I can play it, and you know to a to a degree, ugh, degree I can, but. Um, obviously, people would come up with those reasons uh, for you know good reasons usually, but that's just kind of how I am. So it probably plays into the the clan thing. I'm an underdog guy, I guess, is what it comes down to. So I'm gonna probably defend the inner sphere for a while, but I'm sure you'll see me in a summoner. Maybe you'll become a bondsman, and uh, you know you can, yeah. a, you can still be a warden. You know, I mean, you can still be a inner sphere that, can pilot any mech they want. They just salvage it. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again, Russ, uh, you know, for everything you do and, of course, for being on the show and for supporting the podcast. I mean, I, I really, uh, you know, everyone behind the scenes, you know, me and Darren and Brandon and all the hosts, Laura, I mean, we really have been able to uh, get a lot of information and to be able to build a relationship because of you. I mean, you were the one, uh, you know, we approached way, way back when. So I just want to say thank you for, uh, you know, letting us have this opportunity and 100 podcasts talking about uh, stuff that you guys are working on. And here's to a, uh, another 100 more. So thank you again. Thanks, Russ. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, to everyone who come and Peace, everybody. Talk to you later. Later, Thank- See you. Have a good night. Thanks, Russ, for giving me stuff to talk about on MP Stream. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone, George. That, that's probably for the best. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> great I was watching know. that, George. What? Uh, no, I wasn't doing anything. Very funny. <laughs> no, all right, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Don't forget, we do have the Catalyst Game Labs Battletech introductory box set. Um, they The brand new ones are not out yet. And what I mean by brand new, they're doing a new release. Uh, they have new minis. They, I think they're getting a new manif- They've They got a new manufacturer because of the quality of the minis. They weren't happy. Um, I did reach out to Randall and Brent uh, over at Catalyst Game Labs. Um, Brent basically said there is a ton of stuff right now in the pipeline that he cannot talk about and this has to do with Battletech all things under the Battletech um, I'm going to assume it has to do stuff with like novels or board games possibly card games I mean those are the type of things that I affiliate all um, I care about is all the novel novels on Kindle man that would be the biggest news I could get yeah so he said he will be on the podcast come beginning of April and there's a ton of news he wants to share with you guys out there uh, about all the goodies, and um, so I, d- I did reach out. Uh, Randall is taking care of um, one of his kids who is sick, so he cannot be here. It is what it is, and hopefully his, his son gets a little bit, uh, yeah, he gets better. And of course, a big thank you to our community. Holy shit, a hundred episodes, very very cool. To our listeners, new and old, and of course our amazing staff. I just want to say thank you to Darren, Brandon, uh, Laura, and then of course our newest, uh, you know, newer members, George and Jason, and and all of our guests, Tyler, and everyone who's been on the show. Like, really, I mean, you guys make this. You community members make NGNG what it is, and I just want to say thank you uh, for that. I mean, it has been a, I mean, been a wild ride. It has. Like, I can't even. Like, I was like, 
holy crap, we're already at a hundred, and like it, it that just blew by really, really quick. So yeah. Well, here is to the next one hundred. I can't wait till the two hundredth episode. We should do something special for two hundred. We'll start planning it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. we should it. travel into the future and do two hundred next week. Ooh, <laughs> I, I'm down with that. A look that back. Would be so much better than waiting all that freaking time. I, mean, I know. Just right? years. All right, your idea wins, George. Woo! Well, they call it words with Duncan Fisher. <laughs> yeah, spelled with a U. Drunken Fisher? What? You betcha. And of course, I just want to say thank you to our latest sponsors. Uh, I've got some names here. Uh, <laughs> Probably going to mutilate these, so bear with me. Serbran, Westside, uh, Shenanigan, The Mad Jester, Mortison, Sinister Socks, TBS Brent, Hazul, Hellfox, uh, Donamer, Drift Robot, Dementox, Gastaro, Adam O. I'm not going to try to pronounce your name, Adam. You know you, yeah, aces. Uh, and Lord Ica. Uh, thank you again. And by the way, uh, you know, if you want to become a sponsor, it's just helping support the things like this TeamSpeak 3 server. Um, on that note, some news. We're going to be doing integration with our TeamSpeak 3 server and our forums to where you can uh, register on our forums, apply to your said unit. The unit later will approve you and I'll make give you tags. And uh, for those units that may not have a forums, we'll offer that to you guys as well. Uh, and it'll be private. No one else will be able to see it. Stuff like that. And we're going to be rearranging the TeamSpeak 3 based on uh, sponsors that talk to a bunch of unit leaders. They're all down for it. You'll be able to control however many rooms you want on TS and all that fun stuff. So that's actually coming, uh, hopefully, uh, tested and starting to implement by the beginning of next week. So uh, just a heads up on that. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick L. This is Laura, also known as Laura. This is Jason. This is Tyler. And this was George. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever